Hi everyone and welcome back to The Hard Way. This is the last episode in our Bikes, Burgers, Hunting and Booze series. Episode 3 is a conversation about a hunting trip that Andrew, Alex and Thomas all went on together. More than that, it's a conversation about friendship, camaraderie and the bonds you form when you go outside of your comfort zone and do something the hard way. We hope you enjoy it. Guys, welcome back from the break. Uh, we've had one or two Brandon Cokes, so excuse us for what is to follow. So we were chatting to Andy Fenner from Frankie Fenner's, and we thought it would be a great experience and uh, opportunity to create content, to go up to the farm and do a bit of hunting and go into the field, ethically hunt, take the carcass and process it and, you know, the whole process. and. I phoned up Andrew and I said, like, can you make it? He said, yes. Who should we bring? We said, let's bring Wes Randall. We said, like, who else can we bring? We went through a list of about 100 people that canceled. And then <laughs> Kyle's name came up. Um, and we're like, fuck, we're out of options. So we brought Kyle with. Okay, I'll see how I fit in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Andrew and Kyle grabbed a couple of 1200s and uh, what? No, 1250s. 1250s. Yeah, BMW gave us some 1250s. They drove up through that locust storm that we spoke about. And they came up to the farm. The rules are very simple. Bring a nice bottle of whiskey with, and you have a night or a meal to cook. So they all brought uh, amazing meats, and we made pizza. And, I mean, the food was in its, like, five-star Michelin shit that we ate on the farm, which was great. But... Uh, I didn't realize that Andy had actually gone hunting. And I didn't realize it, but he had hunted on our farm years back. And that's where his understanding of hunting came from. So it was actually such, such a perfect opportunity. Here comes Andrew from Frankie Fanners. And that is where Frankie Fanners' game idea or knowledge came from. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't, they were more meat, uh, beef or you know, whatever, commercial meat, not commercial, sorry, my bad, but you know what I mean. <coughs> um, so yeah, there we are, uh, four of us on the farm. It was such an amazing experience to also know these guys from motorbikes and the city and town and you don't, you don't, I mean, you know a person, but then getting onto the farm, it's only us, you're kind of exposed to the elements and you're going to the field, you, you really... You're walking in the field, that's like 5, 10, 15 Ks a day. You, you're stalking and walking, walking and stalking the whole day. Cooking at night, cooking in the morning, driving in the same car. You really learn to know people. Drinking. Uh, was there drinking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of drinking. And it, it was such a rad experience to just sit to these guys and then kind of find out who they are but then also going on hunts with them it, it might from the outside perspective sound very savage but it's a it's a unique experience that you could have with a person to go on a hunt the mentality understanding between two people the tracker the aph the the friend whatever in that bush it's just you it's the animals it's the elements aph was, hmm? aph uh aph so a ph so a, a professional hunter Okay. Yeah. So sorry. And there's a thing we call bokwer, and it's like um, buck fever. 
you have that animal through your reticle and you're about to take it up, your your hands start shaking a little bit. There's the there's so many of those elements that come to light when and those experiences when you're hiking behind a guy and you've got to trust him. Both of us have weapons. Mm. They are safely managed, but there's still that live firearm between the two of you. There's the animals, it's the creeping over the rocks. It was such a cool experience with you guys that I, I'll definitely cherish for a long time. And then after that, and well, well actually, I, let me not jump to the future. <laughs> Going to the conscious meat merchant. Don't laugh, John. <laughs> but the, the, uh, the idea that we were experiencing that journey together of what they believe in mm. from a Frankenfenner's point of view. And then also from a relationship where I have it with Kyle, where we go ride together and I have to trust him and he has to trust me. I can't be an idiot on the motorbike. I got to follow his rules and I got to follow him. You know, he sets the path, let's go. We set the speed. It's a, it's a quite a cool thing. And then to take all of that in down to a point where it's real fucking, it's you, nature, Let's go. And I just think it was one of my favorite weekends for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was incredibly special. Like, there's there's something about, um, I mean, it was a pretty visceral thing right from the moment we left Cape Town to get, we just spoke earlier about motorbikes and being sort of exposed to elements and, <clears throat> you know, leaving on a Wednesday and staying in Mikey's Fontaine in a haunted hotel and fighting ghosts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Glad you guys made it. Fighting Brandy and Cokes and ghosts. Um, <laughs> And then, like riding on a motorbike up there, it's you know completely exposed and mm. smelling the terrain, feeling the terrain, and then getting up there, and then yeah, there's something about that 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 process. I mean, it's a very bold statement to say that someone who wants to eat meat, and I I do believe this, and it's pretty harsh, but I think if you want to eat meat, you must have witnessed an animal being killed, or you should have killed one yourself. Sure. Um, to understand what goes into it. It's, it's, it's a really, really, really <clears throat> humbling thing to see something living mm. and no longer living and knowing that you have caused that indirectly or directly. Sure. Um, I was trying to think now while you, um, when you're talking about hunting is that I don't think I've ever eaten any, I don't think I've ever killed anything for food. Not even fishing? Never. Okay. So, so I think it's, a, a, I mean, I'm sad right now. I would encourage you to be part of that process at some stage. To sure. understand what the responsibility you have mm. to that. You know, there's a chef, Marco Pierre White. And in his one book, um, and often on his other shows, he, he is furious when people overcook meat or when people, you know, have leftovers of meat because animals have died. Mm. To throw meat away in the bin because it's gone off or to drives me absolutely crazy right um and that's uh yeah i think i think you know when you realize and you put one and one together and you go you move away from the cellophane packets that you get at Woolworths, and you realize this animal is breathing and i've stopped it breathing mm. and i've killed it mm. um and then i mean to be barbaric you know cutting its stomach out in the field and pulling its skin off and cutting its head off and pulling its organs out i mean it's it's barbaric, but like that's uh, nature. Nature's I, fucked I, up. What's barbaric about it? Because we're gonna eat flesh. So like, I don't think you have to actually take the life. I think that you could be part of it, um, witness. witness it, and or understand it completely. I I totally agree with that. I think 
what really was cool with with these guys coming there is that they embrace the whole process mm. and that's all i need you can come in you don't have to hunt but come with the whole process and at the end if you don't want to eat it i'm okay with that too but if you understand it you are going to appreciate it more it's, a, it's an incredible experience from human to human being together to do that and then from you to the animal or in your own spiritual journey right on that and that's very cool yeah the weekend was it, i think it started in a sense that when we were gonna go it was more like a okay boys trip eat drink this and that and i think slowly it kind of did turn into a Growing learning experience, experience right. as well like when we did um kill an animal we take it to the abattoir and we would work on the animal and everyone got involved no one squeamishly went like oh no it's a little bit of blood i'm leaving everyone was like wait hold on okay so why are we cutting it here how do we preserve the meat do we get it cold quick do we bleed it out it was it was cool and i think i see kyle's got mike but i think for me specifically you were quite interested in it yeah i was totally interested because i've hunted before in KwaZulu Natal, and uh, on the particular farm that I was at, there was staff on on sites, and they they did all of that work. Hmm. However, on this trip, I was able to be part of it and witness it, and get my hands dirty and get in there and actually, you know, help process the meat. And it was absolutely fascinating hmm. for me personally to be a part of it. it. Like, you know, it's yeah, it rounded off the whole experience for me. I think. Yeah, but also with you, like. I remember like we had one or two walking stalks and we couldn't get there and you know you couldn't get as close we we couldn't get as close as we wanted and at one point you were like like ah you know leave it it's cool i'm enjoying my weekend anyway i don't need to hunt and then later on after we've hunted a bit more you came back and you're like is it cool if i hunt again and i was like yeah man that would be sick but only when you want to and only if you're comfortable with it and then you guys, I wasn't actually on that specific stalk. You guys had your stalk and it was, you got your animal and it was brilliant. And I remember like I was, uh, I can't remember what I needed to do, but I was dealing with something else. And I came down and I found them and they had hunted and that smile on your face and you were just like, it happened. And it was, everyone's yeah, stoke I, factor was just there. It was, it was right up there. I'd shot my first springbok. It hmm. was quite something. And I, yeah, I mean, it's uh it's the animal on the breast of our rugby team you know it's, mm. uh, it symbolizes south africa mm. in a way yeah, yeah. i see my boy see. and uh <laughs> yeah it was it, it was very special and uh yeah it was good good to be out there with yeah. you guys but like with with that like how the, the guys with you the team like like what is your well, your appreciation oh uh, well, uh, super a uh, super appreciative of the entire weekend mm. you know that was was I, I've, I told you personally it was one of the best weekends of my life bar all the motorcycle trips that i've been on around the world just to go out there and be on the farm with some of the good boys and you know get to get to hunt my first spring buck. it was it was really right up there like one of my greatest memories of my entire life 40 years on this earth it was right up there honestly um yeah, it would, as you said earlier, it wasn't easy for me. Hmm. Uh, the first day we went out, uh, I was hungover as shit. <laughs> that didn't help. <laughs> I have to be honest. That didn't help. As the walking stalks, you were with me, Thomas. Yeah. You know, 
you know, it, it, I just wasn't feeling it. And luckily, you know, nothing, yeah, nothing no. happened. It, the, the shot wasn't there. We didn't take it. It, mm. it you know, it's so in that respect, I was happy to get out there on the last day and, you know, finally, you know, take it you know, and get, get, get my animal. And uh, it was, it was a great experience, honestly. Did it uh, change the way that you see meat in the store? Uh, well, it's a bit of a tricky one for me. I've hunted before. I've shot oh, a right. good couple of animals in Kwasimian as well. So it wasn't, but I have had at least an eight or nine year hiatus from, from, you know, holding a rifle and stalking an animal. The one difference, though, I can tell you that when we hunted out there on the farm, it was completely different to hunting in KwaZulu-Natal. I mean, the fact that the it's vast open plains out there in the Karoo versus KwaZulu-Natal where it's bushes and you can, you know, you don't have to walk too far. The animals, I mean, if the wind is right, you know, if they're not smelling you, yeah. they certainly can't see you. However, out there in the Karoo, if they they can see you if they can't smell you. So that's a whole other thing. You know, there was that aspect that to deal with, which made it a lot trickier. And there was a lot, a lot more mileage covered on foot than I was used to. And it kind of made it more worthwhile in the end, you know. And uh, Springbok is something that I really, really wanted to shoot. I mean, it is a small antelope, but it's something that I really wanted on my, it was like a bucket list uh, animal for me and it was you know i was pretty stoked in the end to finally get my first springbok like you said you appreciated like that the i know a lot of people say like it's unfair gun versus animal all this but it's that it's that experience you're walking through the field and we took days we didn't just go out one day fall the bucket and it's done you you actually walk and i mean andrew you can you can attest to that like you we we take our time you look for the right animal and you you're walking and you're stalking and it's it's a cool experience. Yeah, of course. I mean, like you, you know, you need to sort of engage with what you're doing, and like the same with motorcycle riding. It's um, it's like a serene. You know, all these books and all these talks and all these things we have in this busy pace life is about presence and finding yourself in the present moment. Honestly, riding a motorbike, hunting, all these things that you do, fly fishing. Mm. Um, they just bring you the serene sense of like the present moment and like, you know, the wind against your neck and focusing on like, like that single goal that you need to achieve. Um, it just sort of realigns everything. It's a, it's an incredible experience. Yeah. It's kind of like uh like that microcosm that creates itself, you know, you, the whole world, you're so busy here, everything's interruptive and all this shit. And then when you get there, it just goes like, mm. yeah, Tudor put it nicely. Yeah. Yeah, everything disappears. Action. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you though. One thing that's tough to swallow is as a thirty-year-old man, uh, 30, above thirty-year-old man, is eating testicles uh, on Thomas's farm. He uh, he, okay. uh, he makes Unexpected. you he makes you eat uh, eat the balls. Uh, I haven't done that since I was a young young lad, and that was that was yeah, difficult. The young lad part wasn't hunting. That was ah. something. <laughs> <laughs> that's my naked superbike days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I will tell you that uh, that that is a very visceral. That also brings you into the present moment very <laughs> aggressively, <laughs> and uh, it ruined the Jersey cow fat. I straight afterwards that I had to eat. Afterwards. Bullshit! No, it was still delicious. So um, my question before we had a little went on a little break. So it sounds like the motorbiking. I mean, you're talking about how the experience of, of the hunt and the whole weekend seemed to bring you guys together a lot, and I've seen that theme in previous conversations that we've had about 
both hunting and adventuring and going through the shit together. Mm. And it does seem to me to like speak to a very primal pack instinct that humans have that yeah. we've lost touch with. Mm. And then when you get in the shit or when you're hunting down an animal or when you're literally driving along a road at 160 kilometers an hour in a formation, it's very much like being a wolf pack to a degree. Yeah. Wolf motor. Wolf motor. Plug. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think you're 100% correct. Um, you, you do. There's a bond. There, there's, when you go through the shit, I haven't gone to war, but I guess that's how these guys that do go to war together, they will stick together for life. And our generation, we do not have that. And it's our motorbike rides. It's our hunting. It's, our, it's, it's, wow. it's a couple of fly fishing. It's these experiences where you push yourself a little bit over the limit. The weekend that we had planned in sense from an outsider's perspective, you go, cool, we're going to go to the farm. We're going to cook rad food, drink, have a good time, play some poker, hunt a little bit. Like, it's, like it's just a weekend. But when you get into it, it really is a it's, – it's visceral. It's everything. I mean, I, I, it's, it's difficult to explain. Like I even mentioned it in the field. I was like, your, your stride's shorter than mine. So I'm taking longer strides. I can see him pacing. He's doing one and a half what I'm doing. I'm checking that. I'm looking at how he's moving. I know when he's, how he's holding his gun, where he's looking. So then I'm looking in a different direction. And through that, you building a amazing little bond, mm. that, that wolf back yeah. where if I go, he stops. If he does the same, which is the, yeah. okay, there's something going on. I know what's going on. Let's look here. Let's look here. Let's, okay, cool. Shh, two fingers, three wire. You're building this amazing little thing. And like with motorbiking, I, I don't really ride it with a lot of people mostly, but I have a couple of guys that I ride with and there's certain ways. You, I, I know when he's about to slow down and I slow down with him. I'm accelerating with him. I know when he wants to go, if he just starts accelerating, I know, let him go because he knows something else. He's going to go get a gate for me. So he's going to open the gate. So I'm going to come through. I'll close the gate. Whatever it is, you build these incredible little bonds and these experiences and you start learning about small little things about people. And I think that's why I love, it's not just hunting. We didn't have to shoot shit. We could go buy a meat at Woolworths or wherever. <laughs> All, <coughs> yeah, yeah, Woolworths is the best, isn't it? No, Spurs. Sorry, Spurs. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Thomas is the taste for life. No, but you can, you can do that, but we don't want to do that. We want to go out. We want to build these relationships. We want to maybe suffer a little bit. We want to have the hard way. We want to do it, and not the hard way, actually, the right way. We want to go out there, and we want to experience it, and taking Kyle out there, and Andrew out there, and Chris out there, I, I give them this amazing experience. And it's like, and they message me and they're like, thank you. Oh my God, all this shit, all this lame ass crap. No, I'm kidding. But for me, it's so fucking special to be there part of that same experience. Like for me, yes, it's my farm and it's my like experience. But like for, to be there when Andrew shot that animal, like uh, uh, Carl we got finally got his spring buck or Chris, we get this buck or whatever. Even if we miss, not miss shot, but we don't get it. 
it's like okay we track 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 and you don't get in and it's like afterwards you're just like that was amazing and you don't have to be drunk for it you don't have to do drugs for it it's literally just yeah. amazing mm. it is natural that natural high where you just in the field you're just like did you see that thing mm. Did you, did you experience that with me? We got to like 50 meters of that thing. We didn't even see it or whatever it is. It's, it's so epic. Cool. And I think for motorbike riding, for all these things, like we're trying to connect them all to just live a better life. We, 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 we want to experience things better. We want to get in there. We want to fly fish. We want to, but we, it's not because of the fish. We want to experience the road see the bugs, see the land. Why is Hrafrenet? Why would we ever go there? Because there's hunting, there's a farm. Why would we ever go to Mozambique? Oh, there's good fishing. Namibia, oh, there's beautiful dunes, 4 by 4 Oh, there's this, you know, maybe some great fishing out or surfing. Well, the longest break in the world, like mm. awesome stuff. And that's what I think, why I wanted these guys to come with and why it's not, I want to give them the experience. I want to experience it with them. They, they teach me stuff, which is super, super fucking awesome. You know? Yeah. Kyle, do you find that taking people on the, on the motorcycle trips, sharing the experience enhances it for you, even though you've been done, as you say, tens of tens of thousands of kilometers, is it still keep it fresh? Yeah, it definitely does. It's very, very special and inspiring to see people enjoy it. And it enhances my experience, absolutely, to, to see the stoke on people's faces. As you say, like you, you, know, you can see it through their helmet, uh, the hunting. I mean, I think the photos that we have from our trip, you'll see the, you'll see the smile on my face. You know, the experience that, I was, that Thomas afforded us, it was something very special. And I'll, building that bond, exactly what Thomas was, was going on about previously, it's exactly that. It's building that bond. It's building a friendship. It's, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's a thing. You'll walk down the road in some weird city and you'll see that guy that you went on a ride with especially with Kyle, like with these foreigners, you'll walk down and the guy's like, hey, remember that trip we were in the Cedarburg? And you'll be like, dude, that is epic that we had that one moment. And it's generally because it was, as the podcast name states, the hard way. Mm. You know, it's, uh, that's what builds the bond, I think. And uh, let's, not, let's not allow this pandemic to make that the norm. Let's, uh, yeah. let's strive forward and not allow it to be that going forward i think absolutely. i think motor safaris let's do it guys meet merch conscious unconscious me what was it again conscious <laughs> wolf pack safaris conscious <laughs> wolf pack papa safaris yeah. <laughs> i mean we've been i think we got to do it dude. we've we've been talking about it thomas and i yeah. we, we want to do some some more riding and john do you have a license i wasn't part of that sort of conversation i think we got to get john a license for a motorbike john's, john's got to get his own pack. license i can't do that for him <laughs> I've got a guy. No, I'm kidding. Don't put that in the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't, but I do. No, uh, <laughs> I, no but it is awesome. And um, the trip we got, the fishing trip that we got um, coming up with them, it's awesome. Like, you, you'll experience it. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be Everest. Just literally West Coast. You even live on the West Coast. Just take a couple of mates. 500 meters from your house on the beach, it's an experience. It's just go out and do cool shit. Do something and push yourself. If the water's cold, just jump in. It's epic, man. I love that stuff. Yeah. On that note, um, I think we need to get to what is the most important gear yeah. and what we need to pack. And 
just the tip. We talk about adventures, traveling, uh, all that, but one of the most important parts is packing. So not just the wolf pack, but what does the wolf pack pack? So first question, you only have a little bit of space. You're on a motorbike. You can only add one bottle of something. What is your poison, Andrew? Um, it's going to have to be a bourbon. And if I choose one bourbon, can I go with a brand name here? You have to. Maker's Mark. Just, Maker's Mark? Just, it just does it for me, man. Oh, I thought you were sweet enough already. There's a lot of sugar. I'm so, I'm so sweet, man. Okay. I like it. But double, like sweet. Sweet. double sweet. Double exactly. sweet. Sweet and love. Sweet cream. No, not sweet and love. Sweet and cream? Yeah. Pour some I'm sweet not going to ask that. That's another, another podcast. Chris, mm. number one. Packing uh, poison. One, Springbank 10-year-old. It's nice and easy. Uh, it's a uh, scotch whiskey. Okay. You went fancy. I like that. Kyle? I'm going blue collar. I'm going to follow Andrew on that, but uh, I'm going to go with a bourbon and a little wild turkey for the boys. Oof. That's nice. I like that. Getting wild on the wild trips. Okay. Blue collar, blue, blue collar bourbon. Okay. John? I've only come, about, um, come upon it recently, but Don Papa Rum. I was introduced to about six months ago by my brother and love it. Very, very nice. That's the stuff. Okay. All right. That's a good one. So what do you mix it with? Because we have to, because most of the uh, whiskey is going to be straight. Diet Coke. Well, Coke, Coke Zero. Coke. Coke, Coke, whatever. Let's say Coke. Whatever you choose. Okay, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. do Don't Papa's with It's Coke. got like a very nice vanilla. You do taste. like a lemon in there? Like to do like a yeah. Culebra? Sliced lemon. Or lime, I mean. Yeah. Or whatever lemon. And I've also lime. actually had uh, Don Papa and... Um, it was Fanta. like that, that raspberry... <laughs> that raspberry... No, man, what? I was joking. Now there's raspberry? What? You, you gave me like Sparletta. a raspberry spritzer oh, thing. Oh, no, no. Yes. Okay. Sorry. That's different. And with the rum. And apparently it's actually a thing. Apparently yes. it's actually a yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. delicious. What about you, Tom? Um, I'm, I'm also like, actually, I feel like the guys were copying me with a bourbon, but um, I would definitely go with a bourbon. Uh, actually, not bourbon. I would go with uh, American whiskey. And I would go with a slaughterhouse American bourbon. If I had that, then I would be pretty happy on my trip. Can we, can we start a motorcycle gang called the Bourbon Boys? Fuck the Beach Boys. We're the Bourbon Boys. Okay. We, we, okay. New, new podcast. Follow it soon. <laughs> um, on a motorbike trip. Five most important things to pack. You have to have that. We have now taken a poison out of it. The bike is fueled. The bike hat is ready to roll. And we're going to start with Kyle because he just grabbed that mic like it was fucking Justin Bieber's dick. I'm the motorbike guy. You're asking a motorbike <laughs> question. Uh, I'm going to go with number one, Prattley's Steel Putty. Because mm -hmm. bikes fall over. The terrain we ride over is pretty rocky. Okay. Sometimes. Prattley? Good, good choice. Puncture an engine casing and the oil leaks out. Uh, I'd say Prattley's, uh, also obviously a tool roll and uh, tire levers, possibly a spare tube. Some well, that's four already, eh? Is you it? just went through four. Yeah, you, you went oh, Prattley, tool roll. That's all the tools, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess. And then you went to tire levers, tire levers, and uh, tire levers are in the tool roll. That's tube. that's one. That's and three. You went four. Sorry, three. bro. It's no, three. no, no. This podcast is not going to last forever. So one more. <laughs> Come on. Now you got to think hard. Oh, I'd say some sneakers for when you finish riding. Hey, that's an interesting one. I like that. Okay, that's your five number. Uh, well, number five, five, one, one. Drank too much. Uh, Five top five gear. Top five Tips. keys of stuff and stuff to pack on trip 
of motor things with two wheels. I'm so is that correct? <laughs> Tomorrow, what the fuck is going no, on? I'm this? <laughs> top five. What, That's did, your, what did he just say? Yes. So that, that is that's, your top five yeah. packs. Yeah. Okay, I dig it. Cool. Andrew, top five on a motorbike trip. Burbos, Bottom, Burbos. That's three. Fillet, Steak, Ram, Kanye. and a Tivo. Number one. Lime, shovel. <laughs> Different trip, mate. Cut it up. Listen, I think it's, uh, I'm not going to go as... Because uh, I've got Carl on the trip with me and Alex has got all the things uh, that we no, need. No, no, no. Your top five. No, you're, you're heading out to the Tonkwa by yourself. No, 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 no. No, mate. His... Something happened and you guys are not friends anymore and it's <laughs> terrible. And we're not going to talk about that because we said we're not going to talk about that. Through our bond of hunting. And, and no, we, we're, it's we're, done. We're together. Top five, what you would take on a motorbike? Um, a rain jacket, something to keep dry. Okay. Um, puncture repair kit. Okay. Um, music. Okay. Well That's actually music. a good one. I like that. Music, or at least a source of audio that you can listen yeah, to. Yeah. Either Your audio, audiobooks cool. don't work. Okay. Um, a clean set of clothes. Mm. And then, uh, hmm, what's number five? <laughs> Wet wipes. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I'm not. I'm not joking. I think. Shut up. I think uh, one of the, one of the top things is actually visor cleaner or like a little like a some really? sort of thing to clean a visor because it gets locusts and muckies cause a lot of hell. Okay, so I've got mine. John. I'm ready to go. Top five. Okay, clip on mohawk. What? Clip on mohawk. Fuck clip on ZZ top uh, beard. <laughs> uh, studded leather jacket. <laughs> Chain, important. chain important. for like smashing yeah, enemies on three. the road. Yeah. That's three. Okay. Uh, spiked shoulder pads. Four. Okay. And a sawn-off shotgun. But like Arnie star from Terminator 2. <laughs> oh, no, I want to replace that one with a can of silver spray paint so I can go like, witness me! And then like chain people. <laughs> can you tell John's never ridden a motorcycle? <laughs> Because I can. But I've watched Mad Max like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched movies a lot. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Thomas, you tell us. <laughs> Top five on a motorbike trip. In three <laughs> minutes or less. I know. I know. Even though we are out of lockdown, we're still in lockdown. So we do have a Curfew very restricted... is about to come into to play. Thank you, sir. I have to throw an umbrella in there. Yeah, of course. As a classic. Have to. You've got to throw an umbrella. Yeah. You don't want to sit in the tanqua and wait for two hours without shade, so... Umbrella, fuel, extra fuel, extra water. I'm going to throw it as one. I know I'm cheating, but I'm going to do it. Kyle's making an argument for cable ties. Shut up, man. (laughs) Um, Cable ties. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cable ties. I'll I'll, I'll do number four and cable ties. And then five, I would always go with uh, satellites, communication. Then you have 24 to... 48 hours, 72 hours, it doesn't really matter, and you're out. Let's just not forget that if uh, you enjoyed what I enjoy, naked motorcycling, you wouldn't need any of this. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> but I think, yeah, with the motorbike stuff, it's like, it's, it's, you got to reduce everything to the minimum, and it's comfort goes out the window. You got to make sure everything that you pack is Light. 100% Light. Light. And functional and is either going to save your life or make you die comfortably. 
Thomas, I don't know. didn't you um, have something to tell us about? Well, actually, funny you would mention that. Everyone here has mentioned whiskey, except for one guy. We won't mention his name. We have started a small little club that we hope to get some traction called the Papa's Liquor Vault. And it's a little whiskey club, predominantly focusing on American whiskey, bourbon, rye, American straight, uh, also uh, North American, including Canada. Canada. Canada? Is that how you pronounce it, right? That's e, the right way. E, Canada. Canada. So hey. soon you'd be able to actually buy your poison from us. Hey, Thomas, how yeah. do we sign up for that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's easier than killing something. So <laughs> it's vegetarian and vegan friendly. We'll let you know. So stay tuned. I mean, we still don't know. Well, I, I assume I, on the website. What, don't, don't call me out like that on the fucking podcast. Still in, produ- still in production, work in progress. John, like we're trying to keep it quiet and we're trying to figure it out. So just don't like put me on the spot like okay, that. Long too soon. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming. Andrew, last words? That was great. Thank you. Um, no, I'm kidding. Go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, really awesome to, to, to have spent the night with you guys drinking, talking cuck, and um, reliving some of the best memories I can remember for a very long time. Man. Thank awesome. You. Oh, excellent. Kyle? Hey, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just building on what Andrew said, reliving some of the memories. And one of the breaks earlier, I was saying it's so great just to, you know, get asked some of the questions and having an opportunity to relive some of the memories, uh, especially the hunting trip with Thomas and Andrew and Wesley Randalls. That was, as I said earlier, one of the greatest weekends of my life. And it was great to relive the memories and get to tell some stories about riding motorcycles and hunting and Rolling as a pack, I guess. Two cents. John? Thanks so much for joining us, guys. It was awesome. And uh, I look forward to getting back to Northwest Front in 20 minutes, editing this three-hour podcast as quickly as possible. Would have been faster if you had a bike. If you had a motorbike, you would have got there faster. Well drop. Thank you, everybody. Let's have a good night. Stay safe. Good night.